Hey everyone, thanks for checking out the Venture Church Podcast. Venture is a life-giving church located in Bluffton, South Carolina, led by Pastor Sean Olson. We are so glad that you're joining us today. We hope this word encourages you and inspires you. Now, let's dive into the word with Pastor Sean and his message for this week. I want to take a moment and welcome all of you. If you're a first or second time guest this morning, thank you for choosing to be with us. My name's Sean Olson. I get the incredible honor of being the pastor of this church. Uh, And I know I say that every week. And sometimes when we say things every week, they lose lose their power. You know, it's like telling your your loved one that you love them. You know, when you think about the first time you told, uh, you you know, you, you looked in their eyes and you're like, I love you. It was a big deal. Right? You know, uh, those of you that are, that are in high school and you're in dating age, it, 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 like, it like stumbles out of your mouth. Like, hello. What'd you say? I love you. I love you. Like, I'm sorry. I don't think I understand. I, <clears throat> you know, and you're, you're sweating. Your palms are sweaty. You're dripping. If you're a guy, you put extra deodorant on that day because you know you've got back sweat. You've got chest sweat. You've got earlobe sweat. You've got sweat everywhere. And you're like, I... Love you, like, right? Uh, but then now you're walking out the door. It's like I love you, babe. Sometimes the things we say most they wind up becoming commonplace, and we don't ever think about the depth of them. It's an honor to do what we get to do every week. You know, for the team that comes in and and we set up the chairs and the pipe and drape and the rocks in the sink. Come on, you notice that we put rocks in the sink, that someone comes in every week, and not only do they put them in, they take them out, and they clean them after you use them, right? Like, like it's an honor to do what we do because we love this city. It's an honor to, to, to be the pastor of this church. So thank you for choosing to be with us this morning. If you're a guest, we're in the middle of this series, Simply Christmas. Uh, uh, just talking about how simple the message is, yet how often we overcomplicate it and we overhype the most simple yet significant moment in all of history. You know, if you think about really, really big moments in your life, go back to the moment you, you, you looked in the eyes of, of that special somebody and you said, I love you for the first time. I actually didn't say it. Y'all wanted some insider information into, into Pastor Sean. I'll let you in. We were in the, uh, my pickup truck. Uh, it was a Dodge Dakota. Uh, and we were hanging out, and she, we were done. And I, I didn't have all the guts in the world, right? Ladies, give us, give us some chance here. Like, I feel like I'm in the movie Hitch right now, right? Like, like just give us, give us some grace. We don't got it all together. And I was like, man, I love this girl. I've known her for two days. She's special. That wasn't a joke. <laughs> so I take the opportunity. It was, it was foggy. I was like, oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to write a little heart in the windshield, and I'm going to write it in the windshield. Hey, I got moves. Get off me, Maroon 5, Adam Levine. I got some moves, too. Ha, right? Uh, but but we, we, we overcomplicate things that are very simple. I love you. And we put grand circumstance around it. We have a couple, many, it seems like a lot of couples planning weddings right now. Come on, I do not want to be a wedding planner, y'all. I can't handle that stress in my life. Why? Because it needs to be, it needs to be big. But at the end of the day, it's about two people, not 200, right? We overcomplicate things that are, that are very, very simple. Christmas, I can boil it down to one line that's right out of the scriptures. Today, 
A Savior has been born. Today, a Savior has been born. That doesn't say anything about the tree or the stockings or the presence underneath the tree. Today, a Savior has been born. And we wind up trading the significance of the Savior for the celebration of the season. And then we, 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 we know it. It's not that we don't know it. It's like, well, he's the reason for the season. Well, of course he is. And we just say it because it rhymes. All right, Dr. Seuss. Did you think about it in your heart before it came out of your mouth? Like, is the reason for the season? Well, of course. But even in saying that, we still use the celebration of the season rather than the significance of the Savior. He's the reason for the season. Just think about the buildup is almost over. We're 10 days away. I actually was reading my message this morning uh, because our team did such a spectacular job yesterday with the outreach, and then we came in and we set up yesterday, so I got to sleep in a little bit this morning. It wasn't like a 5 a.m. morning, so I'm sitting there, and the boys are awake. You should try to study a message while you have two elementary school boys going nuts behind you. It's a little bit difficult, right? And I'm reading them like, oh, we're just 10 days away from Christmas. We're just, honey, we are 10 days away. <laughs> like, hold the fort, right? We're only 10 days away. It's the final countdown. Better get your shopping in. You're almost out of days for prime to work, by the way. Little heads up. You're running out of your prime season. Get your parties in. You're baking. Come on, it's time to start the cookies rolling. Get the cookies and cornhole rolling, you know what I'm saying? Get the baking in. Have some fun. Get the parties in. All of it, right? Get it all in. But here's the thing. I want to tell you something. 11 days from now, it's all over. 11 days from now, you're going to look at the cookies and go, I can't see another cookie. Come on, you know when Christmas is over, you look at like the spread of cookies and you're going, I can't eat another cookie. And instantly after Christmas, you're like, all right, here comes New Year's. I'm going to get back into shape. I'm going back to the gym, all right? Going to eat clean. Yeah, that's going to last, right? <laughs> right? You know, like instantly, like it's over. 11 days from right now, it's all over. The radio stations are going to play the normal music. They're back to their pop. Today's pop. The TV will be back to the normal programming. The tree is just going to leave a mess of needles on your floor if you're still in that old school, awesome mentality of a real tree. Come on, we're in the convenience age of a pre-lit Christmas tree. You don't even have to put lights on it. You just open the thing up and plug it up. Come on, somebody, for a pre-lit Christmas tree. said, I've never heard somebody get so excited about a pre-lit Christmas tree. Hey, that's the day we're in. And when you pack it all away, here's the thing. We pack all the feels away with it. Everything's put away for another year. Back in the box, back in the attic, back in the storage unit, back wherever it goes for you. And with it goes the feels of Christmas. This is actually why we like to start Christmas earlier and earlier. One, because the stores like to make money. Right? They like to take your money. That's their job. Right? They like that. But we also, we as the, as the consumer, we as the person celebrating, we actually want the feels of the season to last longer because when it's over, we feel empty. That's why we're okay with it starting earlier. It's why when, I, when we were kids, we had a birthday. Now some people get that birthday month. You know what I'm saying? You need to celebrate just a little bit longer, and that's okay. But when the celebration's over, when we pack it all away, here's the problem. We're left putting it all away. But when we stand on the truth of the Savior, not the feels of a season, truth is eternal while feelings are temporary. Too often we base our life around temporary emotions, not eternal truths. We base our lives around these temporary feels, 
right? Oh, I felt great. Yeah, you were in a hurry. You had a temporary emotion that you had to get somewhere. So you were going above the speed limit. You got a permanent pain of a speeding ticket. I had a buddy once. We were speeding through North Carolina. It's a bad idea. He got pulled over. We had to come back to North Carolina to show up for court because he was going so fast. I'm like, dude, you're messing with my life, right? Like, you make a permanent thing. Truth is eternal while feelings are temporary. You see, in the anticipation, we have a place for everything, right? Decorations should be up by now, okay? If your decorations aren't up by now, you're behind the eight ball. Just going to let you know you should probably go home today and fix that. We have a perfect place for everything. I can see all of you doing your decorating. In fact, I asked you for pictures of your Christmas tree. They came in in floods. It's the most active post I've ever posted on social media. We're going to show you our tree. Why? Because you have a spot for everything. Let's look at somebody else's trees. Oh, in that, there we go. Oh, that's a nice one, right? Let's see. Yep. Everybody's got, see, and here, you look at a tree like this. Here's what you know. Every ornament is in the right spot. Everyone, whoever's tree this, yep, see, and they even, they even strategically placed the presence underneath it so it looks proportionate and balanced, right? Everything's got their space. The stockings, you can tell they put their little command hooks evenly spaced. They were measuring with the measuring tape because it's got to be right, right? But in my house, ooh, that's pretty. <laughs> that's pretty. See, in my house, we'll let the kids decorate. You know, yeah, you know what decorate means? They get to put the ornament on the tree. Mom reserves the right to move any ornament at any time to make sure it's put in the right spot, proportionate, based upon style, color, and spacing, people. <laughs> but what happens when the tree doesn't look perfect and it looks a little bit more like that? <laughs> what happens when the tree looks like that? You see, all of a sudden, what happens when your plans of a season aren't perfect, instead everything falls apart? What happens when you plan your perfect life, and all of a sudden, life looks more like this tree than the previous trees? Where, where you want to look like that tree with the gold ribbon, and you want to go, ah, but ah's not act, ah, it's like, oh. See, we put a lot of thought in planning into decorations because we can control the outcome. But what happens when it doesn't happen? What happens when it falls apart? Then celebrating a season seems empty and hollow. But you see, the truth of Christmas remains. The story still rings true. The significance remains. Christmas is a season of purpose, not plans. Christmas is a season of purpose, not plans. Thinking about planning for your first child parents in the room, you remember whether your, your child's grown and out of the house and you have grandchildren or you have small children. You remember the planning season. I mean, our worship guy, pastor, Chris, you know, big beard, he's been riding around with his car seat in a car seat in his car for two years, hoping Brittany would get pregnant. All right. I was like, Chris, you have a car seat in your car. I'm hoping, buddy. And I'm trying. All right. He says, I'm hoping. <laughs> Ah, see, some of you got that. Teenagers are ever going, what's he mean? Don't worry about it. Your youth pastor can tell you. Hey! <laughs> right? He's open, right, for two years. And maybe that's an exaggeration, right? But we remember, we remember the planning. 
Brittany was at our dream team Christmas party. She comes in with a bag. It's got diapers in it. Why? Just because. Just in case. Don't, don't judge her. You remember that first baby. You had a bag at three months just in case. Just in case. Right? You, you, you plan and you repair. I remember every detail. You put the car seat in every car. Even people you didn't know. You went to Walmart. You said, can I borrow your car real quick? I just want to know. Will the car seat fit just in case you ever have to pick my kid up from school? I need to know that the kid will be safe. Right? We plan every detail. Think about how much time you put in. I mean, some of you, you're OCD, so you drove the route to the hospital multiple times a day to know what the traffic would look like and feel like. You were doing it all. So you could go, everything would go according to plan. Now think about this. Christmas is the celebration of God's Son's birth. How much planning He put the earth on the axis and spun it. And, and how much purpose-filled planning do you think he put into his son's birth? Yet when we read the account, it really reads like human, human plans are falling apart. When you read the account of Jesus' birth, you're going, man, this does not seem well planned out. Maybe it's because we hold too tightly to our plans. Maybe it's because we trust in our plans too much. Matthew 1, 18 through 25, this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But, see, that's a really small word with really big meaning. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Purpose is rarely planned. But, oh, they had a plan. Can you imagine Mary as a bride? Man, listen, she had, she had gone to all the different venues, checked them out, put them on her Insta story, like imagined the day. She had the wedding planner running around, getting everything. They had secured two Arrow films to do the video work. Come on, somebody, favor ain't fair. They had a photographer. She had said yes to the dress. <laughs> She did. She said yes to the dress. It was hanging in her closet and only she and her bridesmaid and her mom knew about it and it was awesome. Yes. It was there. And every now and again when she was having a bad day, she would just unzip it and go, I said yes to the dress and she would zip it back up. Because she needed to know things were going according to plan. But Joseph, Joseph was probably a little bit behind picking his groomsmen. He's like, nah, Mary, I'll get to it. It's going to be all right because let's be honest, Guys, we just are compliant during wedding planning season. Come on, somebody. Yes, babe. Yeah, that sounds awesome. Colors? Yes, I like all colors. You like that color? That means I like that color, right? So just is like, how many? I, I need some friends. I'll go find some. Where do I get friends at? I'm going to get me some friends. Or a groomsman's what I'm going to go. Yes. So just like, I'm going to get some groomsmen. My, my team's kind of in the college football playoff. After that, I'll figure it out, right? You know, so it's like, all right, I'll get there. But while they were planning this day, while they were planning this wedding, God was interrupting. God's invitations often come in the form of interruptions. Hold on. We like the way it says, because that sounds, that sounds so rhymy and so fun. It's one of those one-liners I can write down. God's invitations come in the form of interruptions. I don't know about you, but I don't want my wedding day being the interruption. Come on, Matt and Casey, Taylor and Anthony. Come on, somebody. Yeah. You ever dealt with a bridezilla? 
Of course not, husbands. You're an idiot if you just nudged your wife, right? Of course I've never dealt with a bridezilla. You're like, man, he is on point. Right, of course I've never done that. I do not want at the late stages of, of wedding planning there to be an interruption. No, no. But God often interrupts our biggest plans for his greater purposes. Your life isn't built on your plans. It's built on purpose. And too often we trust our plans way too much and his purpose way too little. It's not a season of planning, though we plan the ornaments. It's not a season of planning, though we plan the parties. It's not a season of planning, though we plan the Christmas list and we purchase the Christmas list. It's a season of purpose. Today, a Savior has been born. It didn't look like Joseph thought it would. It didn't feel like Mary thought it would. Sometimes God's invitations to his purpose come in interruptions of your plans. And we sit and we, we, we almost worship our plans and we trust our plans. But you see, when God authored the story of his son, he immediately put in and said, wait, 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 I got to show them that I'm there when their plans fall apart. I'm there when the plans fall apart. See, it didn't go according to human plans, but it was filled with heaven's purpose. And I want to know sometimes, sometimes when, listen, you, you spend time planning your life out, and then all of a sudden you're sitting there and, and well, that didn't go as planned. That, is, that didn't go according to plan. I want to tell you something. Christmas is the season you should be seeing significance, and notice I didn't say celebrating. Because let me be honest, sometimes celebrations are hollow. You ever been to that, that celebration? And they're like, ah, I'm great. Thanks, God. No, it's not. Oftentimes, celebrations leave you empty while significance in your struggle and praise in your pain will refill you with peace that passes all understanding. It's not about celebration. And I'm not saying we shouldn't celebrate. Man, go home and make the cookies. Just drop them off at the pastor's house, y'all. All right, go home and celebrate, right? It's fine, but in your celebration, don't remove the significance of the season. Today, a Savior has been born. Can I just pause my message for a moment? I don't even know what to I can pause. Let me just pause this for a moment. You realize the power of that sentence? One, you need saving. Let me say it like this. You needed saving. You need saving. God knew the only way was his son, so he went ahead and sinned because he loved you that much. Today, that's, that's unpackaged in that, in that one sentence. Today, a savior has been born. So if you came in this morning, maybe it's your first time, maybe you've been here every service we've ever done, but man, we're in a season of a plan gone wrong. We're in the midst of uncertainty and doubt and dysfunction, and disappointment. May you walked in, and that's what's in your heart. Christmas is the season for you. Christmas is the season for you. Matthew 1, continue on, 19 and 20. Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man, and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. Verse 20. As he considered this, as he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. 
for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. We have doubts and we have dreams. I love this line. You ever read the, read the Bible and something just jumps out at you? It says this, as he considered this. What's he considering? Now, now we, we know the whole story, so we read right through these moments. He's considering that his life is falling apart. He's considering that his plan is crashed down. He's considering picking up his iPhone and sending a text message because he didn't have the guts to break up over phone and FaceTime, so he was going to do it over text message. He's considering that everything that he thought he knew was about to come crumbling down. As he considered this, as he considered that he didn't know what was going to happen in his life now, as he considered that he was about to have the most heart-breaking, heart-wrenching season possible, as he considered, as you consider that your life is falling apart, as you consider that your financial gain, your financial plans are completely in ruin, as you consider that your marriage is on the rocks, as you consider the things you had hoped for aren't there, as you consider, you see, God wrote consideration into the story of his son, but look what happens next. The Lord appeared to him. You see, he could have left that line as he considered out, but he didn't. He put it in because he says, I'm going to show you that I will show up in the middle of the struggle. Even in the story of my son's birth, I'm going to put struggle there so you know Christmas is a season that you can look at the manger, you can look at the tree and see I show up in struggle. I'm there in the middle. I am going to be there. So as Joseph is considering, you say, but it's Jesus. Remember, he hadn't seen the angel yet. He hadn't seen the angel yet. All he knows is that his wife is pregnant. All he knows is his fiance is, is, is now out of the picture and he's about to have to lay away to his greatest plan. As he considered, as he laid awake at night, tears in his eyes. Come on, don't strip the Bible of emotion. Imagine this young man pledged to be married. Sitting there going, my goodness. What could possibly have happened? I'm going to have to let her go. I'm going to have to step back from her. Tears in his eyes. See, sometimes we rip the emotion out of the Bible. It says, as he considered this, as he lay awake and he thought about all that was going wrong, staring at the ceiling, as he considered this, the Lord appeared to him. I'd put struggle in the story of his son because he wanted us to know that in doubt and disappointment, he still shows up. He still shows up. He showed up for Joseph in the midst of everything going wrong. See, don't hold so tightly to your plans that you can't see God's purpose and presence. See, sometimes I think today's age, we miss it. We're too busy mourning our plans going wrong than seeing God's presence and purpose. God, this isn't how it's supposed to turn out. And he almost smiles. He says, I know I've got better. I know I've got better. But I had planned. And he smiles and he says, and I have purpose. Which one do you want? Christmas is a season that we can look at Joseph's life and see that even in our moment moments even last night maybe when you were struggling and you're like man, I don't even know if I want to go to church you're going man I don't know the Lord appeared when did the Lord appear as he considered 
As he considered this, as he mourned the loss of a plan, the Lord appeared and Matthew 1, 21 and 23, and she will have a son. Let's not rush past this. This is the greatest story ever told. I get to tell you guys of the greatest story ever told, the birth of the Savior, and she will have a son. And you were to name him Jesus. For he will, he will save his people from their sins, which means this, without him we've got no hope. All we're left in is struggle. But now my struggle has significance because I have a Savior. He will save their people from their sins. All of this, hold on. Hold on, all of this occurred. All of what? All of the struggle. All of the frustration. All of the doubt. All of the disappointment. All of the overwhelmed emotions. All of your pain, your sorrow, your doubt, your disappointment, your frustrations, your, your sorrow of plans that went wrong. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through His prophet. Look! The virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel. Time out, time out. This isn't in my message. For me, listen, I get to stand on this stage and I get to, I get to prepare and preach the, the gospel, the word of God, which is one of the highest honors in life. I don't ever take it for granted. But for me, my God has names. My favorite name for my God is Emmanuel which means wherever, whatever I'm going through, whatever season of life I am, whatever is hurting me, frustrating me, disappointing me, and even possibly attempting to defeat me. Notice I didn't say defeating me because I cannot be defeated because I have a victor inside of me. My God stands with me, and I have that promise in Emmanuel. So that's my name for my God. That's not even my message. See, I have names for my God, and my favorite is Emmanuel. But notice this. It says all of this. All what? All things. All of that frustration that you've went through. All of the pain that you've walked through. All of these things that Joseph considered as it seemed like life was unraveling. All of the tension, all of the pain falling apart. It's like the Apostle Paul said, Romans, and we know that all things, all what? All things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His his purpose, not your plan, though. Hey, 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 ho, ho. A call according to his purpose, not your plan. So stop following your plans and start following his purpose. All of your pain, all of your disappointment. You see, go back to planning your child's arrival. If you could, you would have had it scripted out. Now, man, the photographer will be there to get, to get the pictures of open his eyes for the first time. You haven't remembered. It's all there. Planned out to every possible minute. And you're telling me the struggle, the tension, the disappointment surprised my God? I don't think so. He's a God of purpose, not plans. We're people of plans who often lack purpose. That's why we wake up in the morning and we go, God, what on earth am I here for? Because you're trying to plan your way to significance, but you cannot do it. Today, what you need? A Savior has been born to you. A Savior has been born to you. I can only imagine every time Joseph looked at Jesus. Remember, now, now, now he's dad. 
Every time Joseph looked at Jesus, it was a heavenly reminder to Joseph, remember that night you considered these things? Remember that night you had so much doubt? You had all that disappointment? You were ready to call Mary and end it all? Remember that night? And I told you I was going to give you a son and his name's Jesus. Every time he looked at Jesus in the eyes, it was God telling him, I'm still here. Every time we get to come back around and celebrate Christmas and come into this church and be in the presence of God, it's him saying, I'm still Emmanuel. I'm still faithful. I can still do all things. Matthew 1, 24, when Joseph woke up, when Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. Maybe it's time we wake up. Maybe it's time we wake up and we stop mourning the plans failed and start pursuing the purpose of God. We got to wake up though. We got to snap out of it. Go, man, I'm so sorry that all these things have fallen apart. You see, I can remember. I can remember my friend Kat. Kat's so special to me. Come on, you don't know Kat. Kat helped us start this church and was on the original worship team and she's, she's going to be moving. I remember we did these things called launch or our startup parties because we're not a meeting kind of a church. We're more of a party kind of a church, right? So we did these things. Come on, somebody. You grateful for a party kind of a church? It's all right, right? We have a good time. She would come in, not to embarrass her, but show you the faithfulness of a powerful God. Come in in her sweatpants and her t-shirt and bags under her eyes. Why? I'm going to tell you why. Because her plans have fallen apart. Her marriage was imploding. I asked her permission to share her story. Her marriage was imploding. And she had seen the plan that she worked for was crumbling down in front of her. And I can almost see her walking in, head down. You know what she's doing? Like Joseph, she's having her moment of consideration. As Joseph considered this, as Kat was considering what possibly good could come from this, where could my life go? I don't understand how all of this is happening. You see, it's all right to have some raw hurt sometimes. Stop sugarcoating it and be real. And she would come in in tears. My heart would break for her. You see, I remember that. But you see, I remember. I remember her standing on this stage right here leading his people in his presence, in his praise. Why? Because he showed up and he was faithful. And all of this, come on, cat, all of this works together for his good. You know why? Because she's married and she's walking in a purpose and she's got a smile on her heart. So don't you sit there and tell me my God can't. All of this. So she went from consideration to praise. Joseph went from considering how all of this was going to happen to holding the baby Jesus. See, what I look at when I see this, I see that my God can do all things. See, when I look at the baby, I look at the power of a God that can do everything the fault failed. He's never lost one battle. So don't tell me he's going to lose yours. I know don't tell me you that you're the first battle away. he's gonna lose that your struggle is the first one that he's gonna give up on he didn't give up on me he's not giving up on you he didn't give up on you cat he you restored you redeemed you and you are here things but because you never lose a battle God no, you never so you may be at a moment today where you walk in with struggle and consideration hear the soul stand up to your feet and realize he can do all things. You can do 
celebrate on the other side of your struggle but I'm telling you Christmas is a season to promise you in the midst of your struggle he will never forsake you he will never leave you his name is Emmanuel God with you so you can look at Joseph as he's considering these things and say man I'm considering I'm considering how life has gone any way of which I plan I'm gonna tell you he's never lost one yet he's not gonna lose yours do me a favor bow your heads and close your eyes Today, a Savior has been born to you. He will save people from their sins. I want to offer you that. I want to offer you the significance of this season. And that's a real relationship with a God who loves you and gave himself for you. All we have to do is realize we need saving. That's it. So today, if you would say, man, I'm in a rough place. I've made some mistakes, and I need that. No one's looking around. It's just me and you. In this moment, have a great confidence. Raise your hand to me and say, yes, I need the significance of this season, and that is the Savior of Jesus. I need that. I need to know I have a relationship with God right now. Thank you. Anybody else? Raise your hand quick. Don't wait. Thank you. Come on. I need this in my life right now. Your heart's beating. Your heart's racing. Man, I need this. This is your moment that... The God of the universe sent his son so he could save you and have a relationship with you. I need that. Shoot your hand in the air and just let me pray with you. I promise I will not embarrass you. All right, I'm asking all of my friends and those that raise their hand to pray this with me. Say, dear Jesus, today I accept you. Thank you for being my savior. Today, I live for you. I need you. I love you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Thank you so much for joining us. If you enjoyed today's message, take a second and share it with your friends. Here at Venture, we believe in the power of being connected with a local church body. So whether that's with us at Venture or another local church near you, we encourage you to get plugged in. We hope you have an amazing week, and thanks again for listening to the Venture Church Podcast.